You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come back to you for another exclusive coverage episode of Third Watch, sixth season, the final season. We are up to the seventh episode. This one is called Leap of Faith, first aired on the 5th of November 2004. It was written by Karen Hall and directed by John E. Gallagher. And it's an interesting one. We say farewell to a major character in this episode in a very small way, um, and yeah, we've got a fair bit to talk about in this one. My name is Ben, and I shouldn't have called. I'm fine. Really? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. My name is Darvell, and you don't want the truth. You want Cruise. I thought you were about to start doing like a Tom Cruise sort of Jack Nicholson speech there, like, you don't, like, you can't handle the truth. Um, <laughs> wrong, wrong part I was meant to be doing. Um, this is a pretty decent episode, actually. We're sort of uh, coming into this one, yeah, uh, off the back of you know some sort of meh episodes, like you know, like we've just had Criminal Minds for the last few weeks, but they kind of switched up now. And I think kind of really from this point onwards, uh, you know, I've talked a little bit about how this season is kind of all over the shop in kinds of the tone, but then we sort of reach a point where it's kind of a two half season, and I find that. Uh, we're really right now sort of stretching in sort of really the next, I guess, six episodes, five episodes, I would say, uh, really stretching this story now into the first half of the season. And I don't mean that, obviously, for the fact that in five episodes we will be at the halfway point of the season. But this this whole storyline around Davis and his dad, we're, we're really starting to get into that now. Yeah, and I know you have your issues with that storyline, but I'm glad to finally see it play out. It's... I guess my issue with the storyline is that I, I'm with you. I'm very happy for it to play out. And um, it's like my only issue, I think, with it is that there's, I just think, a lot of holes in the resolution. That's, I guess, what my issue is. Whereas, personally, like, I actually really appreciate the fact that they've brought this back and we get a conclusion. Because I think we said at the beginning of this season that I feel maybe the writers have kind of gone you know, okay, this season could be our last. We need to resolve uh, Davis's dad, the murder, and that sort of thing. And I think it's it's great. Like, as much as I always say this season is kind of its own beast, there are still elements to this season, I feel, where they do capsulate past storylines and they do it pretty well. I just think when we eventually get to sort of, you know, particularly Forever Blue, I think, to me, there's just some holes in the storyline from what they started it as to where we're at. And I feel... I feel as though they can sort of be explained. It's it's kind of almost like the Carlos background story where sort of, you know, they say he's Hawaiian, but again, we've sort of explained that for the fact that he's in foster care. He's kind of been told one thing from one family. It's easy to sort of get lost along the years. I feel as though you can loosely explain some of the stuff that they kind of make holes in with this whole storyline. It just... I've seen season one. I've seen all that so much when they sort of have that one episode. You know, your father was laying there, shot in the head. Um, like, and I always, that episode kind of now, whenever I watch it, I go, well, hang on a minute. We know what happens now in season six. Does this fit? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that part was true. I mean, he did get one in the head. Yeah, but it's just it's just kind of like, you know, in Sally's, you know, the kind of, kind of details you want, you know, I don't have. It's like, okay, you could argue he's just protecting Davis. But... I don't know. Or like, trying to forget it himself. 
we'll get. I think we'll get to that when some of this gets a little bit more, uh, re- a bit more revealed because we get obviously a bit of that in this episode, don't we? So um, yeah, a little bit of we'll it. We'll get to that, but I think for the most part, like uh, yeah. I, I'm always very bipolar in how it sort of all comes about. But anyway, uh, obviously our big reveal, our big, you know, pointless cliffhanger we had at the end of last week was the fact that uh, Cruz was arrested because, um, you know, we had, I guess, this long-going storyline of investigating Cruz and Yokus and Cruz has been, you know, shoved away for the murder of Donald Mann. And I don't want to call this a montage because it's not really a montage as such. It's kind of just this weird slow motion listening to the radio, Cruz's face. It's sort of a montage, but it's kind of not. Um, And this is obviously intersected with Yokus in court. Um, We see Fred. We see Emily and uh, new Charlie in the background. This is the third Charlie we've now had officially in third watch, but I do believe this is the final Charlie Darvell that we have. Um, yes. So yes, because we, we, we only we only see Charlie again uh, in one of the next couple episodes after this one, I think. Mm. And of course, we had one episode, Charlie, um, like last season. So, um, yeah, but I, 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 feel, I feel for the character of Charlie because, you know, he just kind of gets shafted. It's all about Emily, isn't it? So, um, justice for, it really hashtag is. justice for Charlie. Um, just, just pointing it out. You there. know what? That reminds me. We haven't we haven't done weekly hashtags lately. <laughs> ah, we we do it every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this week this episode is hashtag justice for Charlie. Yeah. Well, th- I like that. That will work. Um, but it's kind of we've got this happening, and again they're playing up with the old trope of Yokus is never there. Like, come on, we get it. Like her, we know she's the worst person in the world because she's doing a job. Like, Oh my God, what a terrible human being she is. Um, Cruz gets taken into jail. Uh, we see Emily getting questioned by the judge. You know, how many nights is your mother at home? And we sort of get this great shot. I think because this judge is, uh, this, sorry, this lawyer is kind of blocking Yokus, and we kind of just see this shot of Yokus, uh, you know, moving ahead around the corner and staring at Emily as if to say, like, you know, come on, answer it. And the judge realizes that Emily's kind of got both her parents staring at her. So, uh, you know, the judge says, like, hey, this is difficult, you know, even without your children just 10 feet away. So I want to see you both in my chambers. Cruz is getting fingerprinted. She's holding up the sign, which I think, look, I get why they're doing it, but I think it's a little bit cheesy the way they kind of show Cruz holding up the sign, staring in the camera. Like, that's clearly a promo shot. Like, they've used that in an ad during the week. Like, Maritza Cruz has been arrested. Um, so... What will happen on the inside? Exactly. They're just New Third Watch, NBC Friday. Going out of the way to do that, and then... Cruz gets shoved in a cell and she's saying, like, you know, you can't put me in there. Um, and the the cops don't give a shit at all. Meanwhile, Yokus gets pulled out of her um, her court hearing by IAB detectives who are there to basically drag her out and they're claiming they can arrest her. Uh, and then she's saying, like, can we not do this now? And it's, it's a big, you know, whole kick caboodle. They drag her out and then Fred, you know, Fred, what the hell, what the hell? Um... And then we get our opening credits. And if I'm not mistaken, is this the last time we see Fred? Or do we? I no, we, get, no so. we do get a brief. We do get a brief glimmer of him when Emily and that storm out of the when Emily storms out. So no, we're not quite at the last Fred scene yet. But uh, we will have the last Fred scene very, very shortly. But um, I mean, look, we've. <laughs> 
It's we, we've been here before with Joe, with Joey and Kim and, and Eddie. Uh, Eddie, I'm just calling him Eddie. I'm not calling him Jimmy. Um, but it's different. Like I'm not trying to you know say this is bad because they're recycling it, but I kind of feel that. I would have liked to have seen this almost drag out a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I feel it's kind of rushed and it's feel it's kind of like, hey, we're here. Uh, and then Jokers gets dragged away and kind of that's it, if you know what I mean. I don't know. Do you want to oh, see more I, of this, oh, this you mean, you custody mean the, battle? Well, tell you the truth, I don't really know. I haven't thought about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like not one of these main things like, oh, I've always... It's not like, you know, want a Bobby funeral. It's kind of just like... I feel like we could have had just a little bit more with this. But um, it's... We'll get to it in a moment when we kind of have Fred's last scene. I just... I feel it's just an odd way to get rid of a character who, you know, has played a huge role in this show. Whether... Even though he's an asshole now. But, like, yeah, it's kind of... It's odd. It's slightly odd. But I don't want that to take away from this episode because, you know, I do actually right. appreciate this episode um, for our season six episode. So, um, the credits happen um, and then sort of uh, we're in the, the locker room. Uh, we're hearing about um, Davis is saying that Cruz should be given a medal for killing Donald Mann, not going to jail. And then Sully's obviously accusing Finney, you know, oh, you know, quite convenient that she goes to jail as soon as Rap Jr. shows up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And then uh, Finney, I, I, the one thing I do like appreciate about, weirdly about Finney's, you know, obviously we're like, I feel I'm Team Sully, but I think the fact is that Finney's not afraid to stand up for himself. So I kind of appreciate right. that about Finney. So, yeah, I don't know kind of if you have much of a feeling about it. Like, cause I, don't, we haven't, I don't really want to play Team Sully, Team Finney because that's not how this is played out. Like we will get a resolution to kind of this in a few episodes time. So yeah, I think you've, you've gone over a little bit how you think Sally obviously has been a jerk purely based on his name, but I agree with you, but I also feel like, and I I can understand by that. And I can understand though. I think why Sally's doing it. So I don't know. Finney, Finney standing up for himself is kind of good though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I do get it as well, you know, just because, uh, how do I say this without spoiling something? There is a reason why he's like that towards him, but I still don't think it's right. Mm. You know, because just because he is uh, related to a higher up in the NYPD who may or may not be the ultimate definition of corruption uh, doesn't, doesn't mean that he will uh, carry that on. And here I was trying to say, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without spoiling it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like, at the end of the day, though, hypothetically, you went to a job and you worked with the son of someone who you knew killed your friend's father. You're going to be shitty with them, so... <laughs> yeah, pro Probably. Yeah. Probably so. at, at first, just because of the memories it brings up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, <sighs> I, I do like um, Finney standing up for himself. It's kind of, uh, it's, yeah, cool. I it's, do, it's weird. I do too. Yeah. Good on, good on you, Finney. Well done. Yep. Um, no fucks given. No fucks given. So we're back at the court. 
Emily and Charlie come back from the chambers. They're asking, where's mum? Uh, Fred's kind of got a concerned face. Uh, they tell Emily that, that uh, her mum was called away. Uh, believe she's under arrest. And then both Emily and Charlie storm out of the courtroom. And, oh, it's so dramatic. You know, duh, 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 duh. So... I do yeah. believe, I do believe, I, I worked with a guy who would purely always simply say, I do believe, Ben. Um, that just reminded <laughs> me of him. Um, that this is Fred's last scene. I am just quickly thinking and going over my notes here. I do, oh no, he has one more scene, does he? No, that's a cruising court. Um, yeah, this is, I'm going to say it, this is Fred's last scene, because this is his last episode. Um, just quickly before we talk about, uh, you know, farewelling Fred here. Just what I the one thing I will say about maybe why I want this story to, this storyline to have a little bit more to it is because just bookmark bookmark this moment because Emily storms out because her mum's not there. It's the age old you know story that we've had for six on seasons. Face never there. She's the worst human being in the world. We're gonna get a bit of Charlie oh. is it this episode or next episode. You know, kind of it's around this as well. Can we just uh, fast forward next episode? I think. Can we fast forward? I believe it is uh, in sins of the father when we get this whole moment with Emily and Yoke as kind of a redeeming moment, which, like, is such yes. a... Yes. It is such a... Oh, don't get me started on that episode. Uh, that that episode and that moment. That episode makes me mad. Because we realise what we're witnessing now, and in, what, three episodes' time, everything has gone away and everything is perfect. Like, what the hell? We've had this for six seasons now that she's never there... I'm getting started already. Anyway, I'm just wanting to bookmark this moment right now of Emily storming out. Um, anything to add on that before we talk about Fred? <laughs> no. I just like I just you said. We'll 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 get to it when we get there. We don't need you blowing a gasket <laughs> over it two episodes early. I I always blow a gasket, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> you really um, do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Fred Yokus. Um, I'm going to let you start for once, because I always like to talk about Fred, all these characters first, but uh, we're farewelling him here. Give me your thoughts on Fred over his uh, five and a bit season run. Okay, well, I don't really like what they did with the character. You know, they allowed him to grow and only to make him, only to crash him down again, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, he went from, of course, we know he went from a drunk to, uh, to, to fight, to finding Jesus. And although, although I wasn't really a huge fan of that storyline, I much preferred it to what we got with him in, uh, late season five slash what we're getting now. Mm -hmm. Um, and to, What did we what did we call him in the second half of season five? Jerk face Fred or something Jerk like face that. Fred, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and after being so concerned about Faith after she was shot on the, after she was shot at the end of season four and you know Faith's recovery throughout the first half of season five, and then he says, oh, by the and then. He decides to go. He's, he decides to go fooling around behind her back only because, only because she decided to return to work because she wanted to get back to work because she wanted to do what she's passionate about. No, no. See, Fred, you were. I didn't like you at first, but 
you know, as you as you started to grow as a character, yeah, yeah, you you were okay. Hmm. I never bought I never bought the whole finding God storyline. To be quite honest, even as a religious person, I never quite bought it, and I don't really know why. Um, and then his, his you know, your concern your concern for faith, yeah, that's great. You know, that that's great that you were so concerned about her and and you know helping her through her recovery and all that. But then you go behind her back just because she decides to go back to work. Come on, man. A- after everything you guys have been through, you do this. It's yep. fucked up. Yeah. And I mean, if if they were going to have them, if they were going to split them apart, what they should have done, they would have never done this. But what they should have done is have one of them die. Hmm. You know, have have fate have Fred die of his heart attack, or have Faith die as a result of being shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, look, that would have been a much more compelling ending to their arc than what we got. And I I can't disagree with anything you're saying. I think that um, look, I I really appreciated that they kept. Because I've always said that Molly Price had said in lots of interviews around sort of, I think, four or five, season four or five, that she, her and Fred were the only married couple on primetime TV at that point. Um, So I think kind of they kept that around maybe to more so keep that uh, a thing. And I I really appreciated, you know, early on how they kind of had Fred around and I think it balanced it well and really helped the Yoka's character. And I kind of think really defined her as a character because, you know, she was this tough female cop with a family and kind of, I think early on, this whole life balance that she had was fascinating. I Like, I appreciated, like, what they were doing with it. And I think kind of, you know, even early on when sort of Fred was, you know, alcoholic and kind of Yokus had to deal with all that sort of stuff, I think that brought her some great stuff, you know, when she kicked him out yeah, and kind of arrested did. him and stuff like that. Like, you know, it was great. Like, you don't see this sort of stuff and, like, it's just the conflict that it brought for Yokus. So, it just it just got to a point, though, where it was like, okay, we get this. And it's kind of, I feel as though by getting Chris Bauer as a main cast member, they, like, they didn't maybe think about the long term because... What more could you do with this character than what we had? Because he's not in the emergency services. He's never going to be out in the street with these people. And you're not really going to have, like, a, you know, a, a side storyline of Fred going out and doing this and doing that. Like, all you can, really can do with Fred is what we kind of got. And I think kind of they realise that at a certain point. So it's kind of like, shit, what are we going to do with this character? We've only ever just got him complaining about, uh, you know, Yokus and this and that and everything else. So, okay, let's make him have a heart attack. Why not? Um, okay, cool. That adds a bit of storyline. I know. Let's make him find Jesus because that's going to help when it comes to counterbalancing a terrible teenager in season four. And then all of a sudden when his wife gets um, shot, let's make him basically forget everything about finding Jesus and turning him into like a real aggro man and then support his wife over a pointless storyline about her being paralysed. And then all of a sudden, after five seasons of us having to put up with, oh, God, we hate you, Faith, you're never here for us, he decides to go and be jerk-faced Fred and sleep with someone else. It's kind of... He's the only character I feel in this show, the main character in this show, who you end up hating when they leave. Like, even Doc, you don't hate. Like, you feel for Doc. You're disappointed in Doc. 
but you yeah. you understand. Even Cruz, I feel that in the final episode, like for the most part, people spend their time hating Cruz. But I feel like at the end of what Cruz, you know, the end of how Cruz goes out of this show, you kind of like, okay, well, hate her, but what she did, okay, fair enough. She went out as a hero. So I, yeah, just he's an interesting one. I, I, I don't dislike Fred at all. I do at the end, but I think almost you're meant to. Yeah. And I give huge props to Chris Bauer because I think Chris Bauer is one of these actors who he's in a lot of things and whenever he's in something, he's great. And I feel as though, like, he could, he's one of these people because he's got a certain sort of, like, he's got, like, that middle-class worker kind of look about him, kind of the character he plays in Third Watch. Like, he's kind of got that mm-hmm. look about him where I feel like he's going to be typecast all the time. And maybe he is. He kind of does play very similar roles when I see him, but I think the difference with him is that, like, when he was in True Blood, for example, he ended up becoming a major character in True Blood as a, as a cop, you know, with a real southern accent, and kind of, like, he he did that so well. Like, you'd watch that and you'd watch Third Watch, and, like, they're two different people, you know, so I think kind of, and that's what, when actors can do that very well. Like, when, obviously, when actors are kind yeah. of typecast and they're the same in everything. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, it's it's a weird thing to kind of, I guess, quote, eulogize Fred because it is the most, the slowest, the, the, the set, like the quietest exit of a major character we have, I feel. Because, you know, every single main cast member of left this show has either been killed off or left in, you know, sort of a blaze of glory, a great ending. Where Every time a major character has left this show, we've included it in our top five. And the one we had this season with Kim, it'll probably be in our top five too. But for, for Fred, yeah. he's in a courtroom watching Emily and Charlie walk off. That's it. Bye, Fred. And I realise at this moment he's not a main cast member anymore. He's not in the credits anymore. But still, it's kind of like... We have to acknowledge the fact that for at least three seasons, three and a half seasons, he was a main cast member. So, um, yeah, Chris Bauer, Fred. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, have you, have you seen jerk. him in many other things? <laughs> no, actually. Um, uh, I have no doubt he's been in other things. I just haven't, I just haven't had time to, haven't, haven't been able to check him out. Yeah, I think kind of the main thing, yeah, as I said, I saw him was in that. I think he was in from memory. I mean, he, he randomly will pop up in a movie every now and then. He, like, he was in um, Face Off, uh, if you've ever seen the John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Great movie. He's the uh, the one that uh, Nicolas Cage attacks in the prison, um, like bashes beast no, of pulp. Um, he was also, I believe, in the People vs. O.J. Simpson. I think he was a cop in that from memory. Um, he just, he will pop up in a random bunch of things. So... Uh, we've, we've obviously tried to reach out as we've reached out to all the main people. I don't think we ever got a word back from Chris Bauer's management. So he's definitely someone who I would love to talk to. And every single time I do see him in something straight away, I'm like, it's Fred. Um, so yeah, do, do, yeah, everything. And like, I don't think any actor in this show I've ever sort of come out of it and gone, Oh, that actor, even, you know, not the biggest fan of Cara Bueno and Josh Stewart. Well, again, I met them. But I still get excited when I see them in things. Like, I remember when I saw Josh Stewart in The yeah. Dark Knight. Oh, no, The Dark Knight Rises. Like, oh, my God, it's Josh Stewart. It's Finney. And when he was in that episode of ER, when he was, like, shooting up the ER, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Finney. <laughs> so, anyway, that's Fred. Hashtag. No, we've already got a hashtag this episode. Bye, Fred. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It's really not the funny bit. Move on. Uh, so, after Emily storms out dramatically... Uh, we have Jokus being taken into the IAB. 
headquarters and basically they're they're laying down the line saying that uh, we're talking about murder here you know you're up for murder charge and she's brought into a room and she's uh you know wanting to make a phone call about her being taken out of there and she's all panicked and everything along those lines so um yep. she's uh she's not too keen i just want to actually quick point out cause this episode is called leap of faith i feel and this maybe goes to back up my claim that i feel yokus is the star of this show after overall like, we, I'm just trying to work out how many episode titles do we have in it with the word faith? Uh, three. Three? I think. I'm yes, try I'm pretty sure. Like, we don't have that. Okay, she there, would hold the record, wouldn't she? Uh, there's faith and exposing, exposing faith, faith from and season faith. two. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one from, obviously, this season. So, yeah. three of them. So you are, yeah, you're right. So, and I think kind of the only other episodes we have with with characters name, we have Jimmy's Mountain, we have Kim's Hope Chest, we have the ties that bind. Is that it? <sighs> Just scrolling through this quickly. And look, oh, in lieu of Johnson, I mean, he wasn't a main yeah, character, in lieu but of Johnson, still, we've yeah. got Johnson in there. Um, and Lou, and Lou, because that's what uh, they called him. Yeah, true, true. Pretty I see clever wording there. Um. Yeah, that would be it, wouldn't it? So, yeah, I again, think so. Got to point it out there, people. Like my claim that the overall star of six seasons who gets the most solid storylines and is always there, minus a few episodes she's not in it for season five, is Yokus. And it is my goal by the end of this season. I keep saying this, but I am going to go through the IMDb credits to see who he actually appears. In the most episodes, because I know that when it comes to Jason Wilde, Skip Sadath, Anthony Reeve, Bar, Molly Price, and Kobe Bell, they are credited in all 132 episodes, but of course they don't appear in every single episode. So one of those five, I believe, surely is the one that would appear in the most episodes. So um, I feel like you and I should take a bet here, Darvell, as to who that person would be. <laughs> um, so I'm okay, putting my well, money on Yoko's. There, there are some, I was going to say there are some that we can eliminate right off the bat. I'm, I'm um, going for Yokus. I'm, I'm eliminating Bosco because, I mean, God, he's in it, He's missing for, like, how many episodes this season? Half like, this season. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah. And then, um, but, I mean, Sully and Davis, though, do appear in a shitload. Like, there's not many yeah, see, not in. See, that's, see that's, the, that's the thing. I'm torn between Faith, Sully, and Davis. See, I'm just scrolling through quickly, and I know we're taking our time with this episode, but if I scroll through here quickly, the first episode that Sully doesn't appear in is Kim's Hope Chest. So he he's in a big string of episodes until Kim's Hope Chest. Then you've got to scroll all the way through to Exposing Faith where he doesn't appear. So that's two that he doesn't appear in. Then you've got to go all the way to Ladies' Day in Season 4 until you don't get another appearance by him. So that's three. Not in Collateral Damage Part 2, four. In Confidence, he's not in. That's five. Uh, then all the way through to Greatest Detectives in the World, that's six. And then the only one he won't appear in this season is Too Little Too Late, seven. So he's in 125 episodes, is Sully. So maybe I'm going to be wrong there, because that is, I would assume, more. But then even if you look here with Davis, and I'm sorry that we're doing this on air, uh, Kim's Hope Chest, you go all the way there to Kim's Hope Chest, and he's not exposing Faith. Then you've got to go all the way through to Inconfidence. And then after Inconfidence, he's in every single episode. He's only not in three episodes, Kobe Bell. So so by the looks of it, looks like Davis is winning this one. And I think I'm losing my money here. So if I quickly look at Jokic, if I just quickly look here, 
Uh, well, we know she's not in about half of. Well, okay. I was going to say she's. I was going to say we know she's not in about half of season five, but then I remembered. Well, yeah, she is in the first half, just not as prominently. You actually have to go, though. She has a very long stretch until she's not in an episode. You've got to go all the way through to Honor until she's not in an episode. Uh, and then after Honor. Oh, she's got a very long stretch here. Last call. So there's two. Then Fury, she's not in. Ticket Grows of Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. Then you've got the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. So that's eight she's not in. And she's not in Forever Blue. So that's nine. So, okay. I think Davis is going to win this one. So I will will come back and do an official count. But um, just glaring over this quickly... It does appear as though Kobe Bell, because I mean, I don't even really want to look at Anthony yeah. Eva because I feel like he would be in a, like a lot less episodes based on the fact that the paramedics get ignored. You do have to go all the way yeah. to Superheroes Part One, though. Like, I think maybe he's got the longest stretch uh, until yeah. he doesn't appear. Uh, and you were bet, and you were betting, and you were betting on Faith. So, yeah. cue, so cue the cue the loser horn sound effect from The Price Is Right. Four. Five because so you lost to, that bet. I'm already up here to five for Carlos. Six, he's not in. Seven, he's not in. Eight, he's not in. Nine episodes, Carlos isn't in. Uh, and I'm not even gonna look at Bosco because God, we haven't seen him. Although Bosco might have the longer stretch because I feel Bosco's in a lot of episodes that he just randomly is in. Uh, yeah, you gotta go that honor until Bosco doesn't appear in an episode. Then you go all the way through. Wow, he's in a long stretch. Long stretch. Wow. Last will and testament, then he's not in. So basically, Bosco might have the longest stretch because between Honor and then all the way up to season six in Last Will and Testament, he's not in. So Bosco is holding that record for quite some time. So that's an interesting Yeah. So that, I think, comes down to Jason Wiles and the unsurety of him in season six. So anyway, all right, there we go. We've wasted a whole bunch of time this episode. We're half an hour in and we're barely even, what, 10 minutes into this episode, I feel. Uh, Yeah. Chow down through this. All right. We haven't heard from the firefighters, I think, all season, basically, have we? Except for one scene when they were telling Finney to get out of the car. So why not introduce, I'm just going to say, the most random and most pointless character we get in this show. Um, We are are in the firehouse. They're talking about eating. DK and Walsh are having a little bit of a back and forth. This is the first time DK's in this season, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Carlos is eating raisins. Uh, they're talking about a new guy showing up. Um, Carlos saying how he, you know, he's going to be ugly. Um, uh, <laughs> and basically he's saying like, oh, name one attractive uh, white basketballer. And then everybody basically, well, I guess Holly and Grace start listing a whole bunch of people. And then in walks yep. Stu Lottazese, who is late because the cabbie had a seizure. And, of course, he's goddamn attractive. And all the girls are like, ah! Um, and what, I love the way kind of he walks off. And Carlos is like, what, you think he's attractive? Um, he is so pointless. Please tell me, Darvell, you do not like Stu. I, mean, I don't, okay, I don't dislike him. He's just, like, he's, what is the point of he this ca- guy? He came, he, came at the, he came at the wrong time. That's yeah. what I'll say. He like, came at the wrong time. If, if he had come maybe... Even even a season ago, he might have had more to work with. If he had come two seasons ago, if he had if he had come back in season three 
or something, mm-hmm. then they might have been able to give him more to work with. But like, but again, he came at the wrong time because you know this is a it's a cop show. Now mm-hmm. the paramedics and firefighters are just in there for comic relief. They don't really do much of anything. It's so the the thing. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. You're absolutely right. And I think that the problem with him being in this show is that like, and this is I think a, a, a beef with season six. When you're right, like we're in a cop show now. But like, if you're going to still have, if you still want to show the firefighters. Bring him in when Jimmy leaves, or bring him in at the end of season five. Like the what's his face, the the one who was the cop who we talked about, who like the JD, had, yeah JD. Like there was great stuff around JD, which I wish they had a kept. We talked about that last season. To be honest, I think JD and Stu Lottesee look exactly the same. Like I'm, I always forget that they're two different characters. Um, but like make Stu Lottesee the JD character from last season and keep him. And then that way, chip away and give us some, like, elements of the firehouse. Like, have him, like, with Grace and then have, like, a triangle between Grace and Finny. Like, you know, I know we've kind of done the triangle before, but still, like, because, like, he literally comes in this episode. He's in, what, two scenes. We don't see him to wrap Bastard around a a storyline which have potential again, but it's just, it's wasted when we get to that episode. Yeah. And then we don't see him to the final two episodes. It's like, what is the point of him? Like, hey, let's introduce a new firefighter. Great, they're not forgetting about the firefighters. Eh, eh, you know, joke. Here we go. Bye. <laughs> it's just so random. And he's not yeah, a bad I bet, actor. I bet he's that, a good actor. This I bet Jason that really. Shaw. Yeah, I was gonna say. I bet that really frustrated the guy who played him. Yeah, Jason Shaw. Who well, I will point out, does he not get a mention? In the final montage, <laughs> like a guy, he does been, a guy who's been in it for like four episodes. He like, does goes out with Stu a final Lattes montage. Ended up taking over Jimmy Doherty's rescue squad. See why? Like, here's a thing which I'll bring up when we get to that final montage. Like, I know we get Doc in that episode. I know we get Kim and Jimmy in that episode. I feel we should have at least got something like. You know, Monty Parker was served however many years before, you know, like, being sent off. Like, it's not the worst thing out of that finale. Like, it's just a little thing that they could have done. You know what I mean? Like, Kim and Jimmy, yeah. you know, Kim went on to do this. And like, I, th- I would have liked to have he- heard that, like, what they were up to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Although, at the today, same time, Kim, I do. Today, today, Kim is enjoying retirement and Jimmy's yeah. captain in, in bed and, I mean, like, like the, I do think about that now and kind of going to contradict myself. Like, I do also kind of like the ambigu- ambiguous ending they have with Doc. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of... It is also... That also does work. But we're jumping way ahead of ourselves here. But anyway, point is, yeah. Stu Lottesee's the most pointless character in this entire show. <laughs> um, yeah. It's odd. It's strange. Yeah. And... Yeah. Gonna say from a male perspective who doesn't swing that way, I don't think he's that attractive, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, we're in jail. Uh, all the cellmates of Cruz, hey, I know you. Um, and they're getting all like uh, tough on her, like, you sent my brother to jail. Um, and yeah, they get into a bit of a fight, they send her to the corner. Um, and then also this cop who obviously comes over to Cruz and, like, says her name really loudly. 
Um, so kind of that gets her into a bit of trouble. Um, yeah. I do like I do like these cellmates of Cruz. They legitimately look like they are criminals. Like I'm not trying to be disrespectful to these actresses, but whoever cast these people, cast some good people. They look like they're mean people. Um, I wonder if they actually went into Rikers. Maybe. I doubt it. I doubt they probably filmed in an actual prison, but. Um, well, they might have. I mean, they filmed in other actual NYC locations. But I, I don't so. think they would film in an active prison, like maybe an abandoned section of it or something like that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel as though there would be rules and regulations around filming in an active prison. Um, I don't know. Um, we have uh, the storyline around... Uh, we have Carlos and Holly who see this woman who... Basically, called 911 because she took some pills. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be disrespectful around this storyline. I guess I'm going to gel over a lot of this, kind of. They're going to back and forth yeah. this woman. Basically, she's obviously having some issues, and Carlos is kind of just dismissing it, saying this woman's crazy. And Holly, obviously, though, is, is seeing that, you know, she can see that this woman is basically having a cry for help. So she's obviously going out of her way to kind of, uh, you know, have suicide attempts, that aren't that serious, but, you know, the whole call for help sort of situation and it's going to ultimately right, lead right. to her being on top of a building. So I'll, I'll leave the building scene later, but they dismiss it here. Later on, there's a gas leak and they kind of come back to it and Carlos and Holly are having a bit of back and forth and, um, you know, not agreeing with it. I do like the woman who plays this uh, this patient, though. Like, that's my opening line, the way she's kind of like, fine, I'm really unfine. Yeah. fine. How are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> who plays do- her? Uh, who plays her? That is a very good question, and I can give you who the plays answer. Kathy? What is the character? Is, she, is her Kathy? She's Kathy, isn't she? Annie, yes, yes, that's the character's name. Annie Giobi? Giobi? Um, Giobi? Um, she... Never heard of her. No, no, me neither. She, her four best-known roles, according to IMDb, are a movie called Pieces of April. Uh, Third Watch is her second most prominent role. Uh, Damages, great show, love Damages, and uh, she also was in the fourth tenor. But according to IMDb, she actually hasn't acted since 2010, uh, which also is the same uh, on Jason Shaw's page. He hasn't acted since 2010 either. So, yeah, um, but she, but yeah, she played, but yeah, that that character, she def, she definitely played this character really well. You got to give her credit there. Oh, absolutely. Great I will, acting I job. We'll kind of just skim over that though until we get to her on the building, obviously. Right. But like, you know, we get a bit right. of conflict between Carlos and, and Holly as well. So it's just kind of a random storyline. Like, let's give the paramedics something to do and have a bit of conflict between Carlos and Holly as they start this relationship because relationships can never be perfect mm-hmm. on a TV show. Um, CT Finney's questioning Yokus shows the wrists of Donald Mann with the bruise. Um, and basically, uh, she's saying she wants her lawyer. Um, and kind of Finney's kind of like, oh, you don't need a lawyer to be a witness. And he's basically just wanting her to confirm what he believes happened with Cruz. Speaking of Cruz, Cruz is in court and, um, she, uh, pleading not guilty. And her defense lawyer is obviously trying to, you know, she's been a standing citizen of the NYPD for 10 years. And then the prosecution is basically like, she's got civilian complaints as sick as the yellow pages. Um, and <laughs> back when those were a thing. Yeah, I think the thing that I feel this does and kind of this whole storyline around Cruz, because I mentioned, I think, like last week or a few weeks ago, that kind of Cruz disappears for a while until the second half of the season. And obviously, we've got this storyline. But even after this episode, she disappears for a little bit. So she's 
not that prominent really until the second half. But I think what they're doing here is they are sowing some seeds to kind of get some real sympathy to Cruz because really yeah. this, the overall feel of this season for Cruz is, Jesus, she's kind of alone. Um, and like you, like you really feel sympathy for her because here, like obviously they're talking about like, you know, her ties to the community and like, you know, they sort of ask, like, do you have any ties to the community? And she's kind of like, mm, you know, she can't really answer it. Um, and what did, what does the, the judge say? Like, oh, how did you get that bruise in your face? And she's like, oh, I guess I tripped over my ties to the community. Sassy cruise. <laughs> um, but then obviously this judge is sassy judge. And um, sends her back to Rikers and basically is like, it's a death sentence and you know it. Um, and this judge doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, poor old Cruz. And like, just the look on Tia Tahada's face here. Once again, great facial acting by Tia Tahada. Just that, that level of desperation she has staring at the judge as she leaves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do Are you starting? I, I, you've kind of always giving your indifferent opinions on Cruz, but you've got to hear the sympathy card here for Cruz as we're going to get thick on yeah. later this season. Yeah, because, I mean, this whole, this thing, you know, her being in Rikers and the prison guards basically broadcasting her name, you know, attention prisoners, Maritza Cruz is now in the building. You know, stuff like that. It's, it's, it. It reeks of a setup, and it does. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I do. I do like I do like what they do with Cruz, what they do with Cruz as this as the season progresses. I will say that. Yeah, and I think, and I think it think- mel- I think it mellows I think it mellows her out a little bit actually. And I'll be interested to see, because, like, Mallory hasn't really been watching some of these episodes with me lately, but when eventually Mallory gets through everything, because I think kind of she's going to be a real gauge for the crew's hatred, and I'm just going to watch it play out to see if it gets to this point and she's starting to feel sympathy for her. So, um, yeah, and, again, I've always tried to uh, defend Cruz and kind of look at her on an overall arc, and uh, I feel like this is that part now where, at least I'm hoping that what I've been trying to point out for since season four kind of is coming into play. Like, she's got such a great arc, and I think kind of it, it comes full circle, and, yeah, love Cruz. One of my favourite characters in this show. Um, Yokus uh, and CT Finney are still obviously in the room talking about it. Uh, Yokus asking where Cruz is. Um, and CT Finney being a dick, you know, she's vacationing on an island, and then basically CT Finney is threatening her, you know, you'll be an accomplice if you're not a witness. There is a scene in between here, sort of a Holly and Carlos little fight, sort of talking about, um, you know, Holly saying he's been insensitive and they get called back for the gas leak, but we've sort of already covered that. And then we're back to Yokus and CT Finney and kind of they're having this debate about who deserves to be murdered and, you know, obviously no one deserves to be murdered, he's saying, and then... You know, uh, Yokus' defense is about, uh, you know, what about anti-crime? What about Bosco? Uh, and then he sort of brings up, you know, you were in eight months in a in a wheelchair. You know, did you deserve that? Um, obviously, we've got the rescue here of Kathy. We've been through that. Uh, we've got a bit between Stu Lottazese. Good for her. Good for him. Cruz is being led out of her cell uh, to go get pros- uh, put into, I guess, proper confinement and all the prisoners you know dead bitch walking say goodbye uh yep. so uh yep holly's obviously trying to say that kathy's trying to harm herself um and that's where 
Oh, this is where uh, Holly and Carlos have another fight too, where kind of Carlos is like, you know, you didn't give me a choice to date you. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jokas is on the phone to the judge, sort of trying not to lose the kids. Um, C.T. Finney's sort of talking about how you're trying to protect that piece of crap about Cruz. It's showing how you feel about your kids. And then this is where Jokas is like, yeah. I'm ready to make a statement. Um, I want a witness who doesn't file you as a boss in the Rolodex. I like it when she says that. She wants <laughs> full immunity, um, and just everything about it. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's very interesting, isn't it? That, like, I guess it's, I love the way Yoko's kind of plays this. But I kind of feel as though, yeah, we'll get to the scene shortly, but I feel as though there's yeah. got to be a loophole to this. Like, she's all but admitted she murdered someone, but, oh, tough luck, I've got immunity. So, like, I don't think it works that way, surely. Surely, like, there's a loophole. Like, you were granted full immunity for this side of things, but not for the fact that... Because otherwise, she could have just been like, yeah, uh, full immunity, um, cool. So, I actually worked side-by-side side with Hitler. Uh, I was a Osama Bin Laden's right-hand girl. So, uh, all these crimes, I did, but f- sucker... I got immunity. I can get away with it. <laughs> so. uh, something like that. They'll find a loophole. I was actually reading up on that before we started, before we, before you called and before we started recording. And actually, even though she gets off, I, well, there's really no need to say that. Uh, even though she has immunity and everything, technically speaking, she never would have, she never would have been able to return, return to, return to work as a cop after this, even mm. if she wasn't prosecuted. Which I would have... Yeah, like, it just seems way too convenient the way it kind of just like, yeah, cool, immunity, murdered someone, sweet, I'm just going back to work, see if Finney. Like, and particularly the fact that we're going to see what C.T. Finney is capable of. <laughs> like, I just, Right, I, just, I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure how to say it without spoiling anything. It's... Because... Yeah. It's a, I think it's just a loose season six storyline that they've kind of gone, cool, we want to get this out of and done with so we can move on to the next thing. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it is what it is. But, I mean, I, I feel like we're criticizing a lot this episode when actually this is probably the best episode of this season so far. Um, so <laughs> we'll reflect that soon. Um, Munro and uh, Sully, meanwhile, are partnered up. Uh, Munro talking about, have you been seeing Bosco? And, uh, you know, Munro saying, like, uh, Bosco, uh, yeah, Sully saying it's a bit too depressing. Uh, they then see a woman on the ledge um, about to jump. And who is it? It's Kathy. Uh, so yep. Sully goes up and is, uh, you know, trying to talk her down. Davis and Finney show up. And then Finney turns into Spider Finney. Spider Finney, Spider Finney does whatever a Spider Finney does. Uh, <laughs> okay. onto the ledge. I do actually like sort of this um, this little moment because I think it's I just I love Sally's reaction when he's kind of like don't get scared, but there's a moron trying to save you. Um, I love how Finney and uh, Sally just arguing over rescuing her, and basically the fire truck shows up, and then Stu Lot Aziz comes up, and she's just like, if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to be saved by him. <laughs> <laughs> By a lot of Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I don't know if how you feel. Like this storyline's kinda of random and pointless, okay. but it's yeah, I like it. I wondered I wondered who she was talking to when she said that I was or rather talking about I, I wasn't sure if if she was talking about Brendan or Lot of Z's. No, Lot of so, Z's. He bats his eyelids yeah. and he's all like, Oh, I'm so attractive. 
Um, so. <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, if that were if that were five seasons ago, Jimmy, she would have said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but Jimmy's so much more attractive than Stu Lottazee's. Come on, <laughs> just Jimmy's dreamy. Those cheekbones. Um, <laughs> so. And the reason why I say five seasons ago, Jimmy, is because I mean, as that as the character develops, he doesn't really play that up as much. I think the thing, too, with Eddie Cibrian is he, as he gets older, he's getting more attractive, I think, because uh, Mallory watched uh, Take Two with me. Yeah. And she's like, wow, you know, Eddie Cibrian's very attractive. And he's, he's grey and, you know, well, not fully grey, but he's, you know, a lot of greys in his head as old Eddie Cibrian have. And he's got a bit of facial hair and everything, too. But you can definitely tell uh, he's but aged. He, but yeah, he, but he's still, he's still, I know, I know he still works out regularly and is still in really really good shape and all that so mm-hmm. well, he's got he hasn't be, lost that what would he be now he'd be in his 40s late 40s shoes, late 40s. 40s i think yeah um i wonder if i can quickly find that while i do this let's see here he's 45 he turns 46 this year so uh there you go uh, still married to Leanne Rhymes. That's good. I still still need to watch the uh, Eddie and Leanne reality show. I saw trailers for it. It looks terrible, but um, I kind of want to watch it. Um, so anyway, Kathy's helped. Good for her. Uh, Cruz, uh, we see her in jail getting searched and everything as she gets uh, you know down the line, ready to go into a cell. Uh, and Yokus is getting interviewed by CT Finney. She signs the immunity. And um, they say, like, you've been granted full immunity. She tells him about the handcuffs. And then she says, that's when I shot him. And then C.T. Finney's like, you mean that's when Sergeant Cruz shot him? And no, I shot him. Um, And then sort of Finney turns it all off and is like, you think you can play me? And then she's like, you want Cruz? And it's like, you know, I did it because I thought he killed Bosco. I didn't care what happened to me. So... Great, great acting here uh, from Molly Price. Yeah. Great acting too from Charles Hayde. Like again, I just want to reiterate that. Like we, Charles Hayde maybe is the most hated, hateable character in this show. In all oh, he seasons. really. Oh no, no question, he really is. Because I feel he really that, like, is. I feel like with someone like Chevchenko, like he's got that charm about him as a villain that you kind of like. Look, he's an asshole. He's doing this. We're not meant to like him, but. There is always something about a villain who's got some swagger and charm that you like. Like we're going to get that with um, uh, Wycliffe Jean in a few episodes. Like he's got a bit of swagger about him. He's got a bit of personality. Even fucking Gene Simmons. I think at the end of the day, like it's Gene fucking Simmons. Like you kind of like, you're going to yeah. have Kiss fans who are like, oh, what an asshole character. But oh my god, look at Gene Simmons. Charles Hay like just plays this. There is not one single redeeming quality about this guy. Even when it comes to the stuff around his son. Uh, when he eventually leaves the show, like I feel like nothing, nothing redeemable about him. And Charles Hayde, no. great at portraying this, like just so good. So kind of makes you wonder what he's what he's like in real life. I, I hope he's not. I would <laughs> assume he's probably a very nice man. <laughs> he's just I guess I guess I'm gonna say, <laughs> but then of course, I mean, I mean, I can't believe I just said that because I mean, we know that there are people who play absolute assholes who are actually seem to be quite decent people. Yeah, look at uh, someone like Christoph Waltz. I mean, he only ever plays bad guys and won a couple of Oscars for it, but the guy seems like it's such a personality. I'd love to hang out with Christoph Waltz. I love him. Um, yep, and, 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 oh my God, I cannot believe I am about to mention this as an example, given that we are two men talking about Third Watch. But are you familiar with Rachel McAdams? 
Yes. Have you seen the movie Mean Girls? Of course I have. <laughs> okay, then. Okay. Uh, well, then you know uh, the character she plays in that complete absolute bitch. But by all accounts, she is the exact opposite. Differences, Rachel though, is, I mean. Differences, and as a male perspective, she's very good to look at. So, kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't uh, mind her being a bitch to me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, and, she can, and she can, and she can, and she can, and she can talk. And and from from my from my perspective, it's a male one, but it's kind of different. She can talk to me all day. <laughs> uh, Cruz is in the shower. She's getting yelled at by the people. Enjoy your last shower, bitch. Um, you know, building <laughs> yep. all this up. Um, we have Carlos in the ambulance talking to Kathy. It's an, it's a nice little scene, actually. I do, I do like when Carlos says to her, like, uh, you know, no offense, but you're not very good at it. And she kind of laughs at that. Um, and, you know, Carlos obviously saying, like, hang in there, you might miss something great. And kind of, he's looking at Holly when he's saying that, because Holly's sort of having, like, a nice little, uh, what is she being a bit quirky when she's driving, like, out of my way, please? Um, yeah. God, I love Holly. Can I just point that out on the record again that I fucking love Holly? Um, I just also want to say, slightly weird starstruck moment, which is odd because I've interviewed Yvonne Jung. I've talked to Yvonne Jung. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Um, uh, we Just to date this episode a little bit, uh, sort of during the week I had posted another sort of thing on my Facebook in regards to uh, Mallory and I getting engaged. And, you know, I think kind of... Did some she people, comment on it? Well, she, well, some people, I think, probably hadn't seen my first post or whatever. So, a few people are obviously assuming we've just got engaged. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. And Yvonne Jung commented and said, congratulations. So, I just want to point out there that Holly Levine congratulated me and my fiancé for getting engaged. So, slight starstruck moment. <laughs> got, to, got to point that on the record. Thanks, Yvonne. Appreciate it. Um, so, we've got... That's awesome, being- man. Finney being interviewed by the camera crews because, you know, he's basically uh, being the hero. Sully and uh, Finney have another coming together. Um, and then I love Sully, you know, listen, hot shot, your father's a thief of murder and nothing will change. Um, so kind of, you know, Team Sully here standing up and going off. Um, yeah. Cruz is going to a cell and uh, one of the people behind her is uh, obviously saying, like, oh, you know, your cellmate's my cousin. She can't wait to meet you. Um, and then I love Cruz's reaction here. Uh, just backtracking, you're obviously saying about how you're wondering if they filmed it in real rock. Because they obviously have filmed this scene in, like, some form of prison because it's kind of, you know, this is definitely a, a prison. But I would obviously assume it's a form of prison. They've probably got, like certain areas in New York area where it's like, hey, this is an abandoned prison and they use it for TV shows all the time because this looks familiar. Like, it looks like I've seen it in something else. Um, And so Cruz's way of getting out of having to deal with his cousin is basically going up to this cousin and starting to bash the shit out of her and then they get her sent to isolation. A clever Cruz. She has a bit of a smirk on her face as she gets led away to isolation. So um, good on you, Cruz. Uh, Holly, meanwhile, is flirting with Shulot Aziz. (laughs) <laughs> like, come on, Holly, what's going on here? Uh, and then Carlos and Shulot Aziz have a bit of a conversation, you know, how was your uh, first day in Shulot Aziz? Oh, it had its ups and downs. Uh-huh. Um, and then we get a really random point to this storyline of Carlos sort of like, so are you seeing anyone? And then kind of Stu obviously assumes he's gay and he's like, oh, if I had to guess which one of you was gay, I never thought it was you. It's never the obvious one. <laughs> 
And I, I love Stu's response to that. I just remembered this. I love I love Stu's response to that. Something like, even if I did swing that way, you'd be the last one on my list. Yeah. Um, it's just odd. Like, again, this is going back to the fact of, like, with Shoe Lot of Z's, if we're going to explore this character a little bit more, like, have it implied for a few episodes that he thinks he's gay and it's kind of a joke. Like, it's it's sort of like... You know, we had that with uh, Jerry and Carlos, you know, just being a bit of a dick to him. And then sort of when we had the whole Jimmy and Bosco one where, like, uh, you know, oh, me and Jimmy, we had a fight. Oh, I bet you did. Or something like that. Oh, like, you know. oh my gosh. Yeah, it looks like he wants to make up. Yeah, He's just, getting just... even with me because they because I parked my car in his space. Is that what, Is that what they're now? calling it now? <laughs> <laughs> it's just odd. And, like, it's just kind of, it comes out of nowhere at all. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a rant. It's funny. Like, it's funny. But at the same time, like, it's a bit dated because I think we've moved past this whole, like, oh, ha-ha, you think I'm gay. Oh, I'm going to be offended by that. Lol. Like, you, you don't do that in 2019 now. Like, but. No. Yeah. No, it's it's a bit there. Um, meanwhile, Munro goes into CCT Finney. And then C.T. Finney is basically like, you know, uh, what the hell good are you to me? Crew's covered up a murder, makes the department look bad. Um, and God, I hate this guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, basically they're trying to say that wait till Cruz's attorney gets a hold of this and, yeah, yells at her, get out. Um, which it kind of surprised me. Why does Cruz never sue the department over this? <laughs> maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, Cruz has the isolation chamber door open. Cruz attacks the guard because she thinks someone's coming in to get her. Um, yep. and she's basically like, you don't want to attack me. I'm your friend. I'm here to let you go. Um, you don't want to attack the only person who's ready to let you out there. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then we have this. We really end this episode on some great moments. So we have yeah. uh, Finney leaving, then Davis and Sully kind of uh, have this conversation, and Davis still questioning Sully about uh, his dad. So then Sully gets him into a room. I'm going to tell you the C-spot run version of it. Um, and this is quite an important scene, because this is going to set up what we're going to have in a few episodes you know, for the next few weeks. So basically we mm-hmm. find out that um, a long time ago there were some dirty cops. They were taking drug money involving his dad. And then essentially the cops uh, were getting going to get investigated. So they thought, hey, let's pin it on the black guy. Uh, Davis' dad caught wind of it. And then essentially uh, he was going to report it. And that's when C.T. Finney got um, killed Davis's father. Uh, Sally says, we got a bogus call. Um, and then that's what we led us to the park. And then a month later, Finney's in a corner office, and then Sully's basically like, draw your own conclusions. Now, oh, excuse me, as I burp halfway through, I talk there. There's a few issues. <laughs> hey, I that's think, fine. I think there's a few issues, and this is where kind of there are the holes in the whole storyline over what we initially heard back in season one in what, the third episode, second episode, fourth episode? Um, second. Second episode, there we go. Um, and again, as I was saying at the beginning of this episode, you might be able to excuse a few things. We were told in that first episode that they were just in the park. We weren't told that they were there on a call. Uh, because, you know, the storyline, it's sort of like your dad was laughing at something. I can't remember what. You know, there were kids over there playing. You know, we could hear a boombox. Then out of nowhere, you know, I heard something. I turned around to see, and as fast as I could say, what was that? Your father was laying down like and he'd been shot. People were running away. 
So, like, again, you could, I guess, loosely explain this because, uh, you know, Sully might just be putting a bit of a lie into Davis. It's his second day on the job. He doesn't want to, like, you know, tear him straight away. So you could, I guess, excuse Sully for saying, like, why he was covering this up. But I don't know. I just, I look at things on a bigger picture and it's sort of, I feel as, I feel as though in that moment when Sully is telling Davis what happened, I feel as though there should be more of a an open-endedness to it where we feel we're going to get a resolution to this. Because in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it, he's just told Davis that my his dad was shot. I, you know, I can't... The type of answers you, I can't give you. So I guess as a viewer, our, our, our first question is like, well, who shot him? Did he go to jail? Like, what happened there? And now they're trying to answer that. But there just seems to be convenient things added along the way. And I think kind of it's... It can be excused, but also you can also see the writers are trying something different. I guess the the classic example I can use for something like this in other forms of, you know, visual mediums, and you might not... You mentioned to me a few weeks ago about how you sort of know a few things from Star Wars, but not the whole thing. So I guess right. there's there's always the... And spoiler alert coming up for Star Wars people who don't know the huge twist in The Empire Strikes Back. If you don't, well, don't blame me. Uh, so in episode four, when Obi-Wan is talking to Luke... And saying that uh, a, another Jedi called Darth, Ver- Darth Vader killed your father, and then of course it is revealed in Episode Five that I am your father, like Darth Vader is yep. Anakin Skywalker. The famous line. And then it's sort of explained off in Return of the Jedi when Obi, you know, when Luke's kind of like, "You told me that Darth Vader killed my father," and then sort of Obi Wan explains it, and then he says. You know, so for what I told you was true from a certain point of view, which is often derided by fans as a fact of George Lucas didn't know what he was doing with it, came up with this big reveal, and then realised, oh shit, I've got to explain what I said in season four. So I guess kind of that's my comparison here, is that the writers are doing their best to fill in some holes whilst creating some holes along the way, if that makes sense. Okay, I think I... I think I get where you're going. <laughs> General reaction to when I try to explain. So I think I know what you're saying, Ben. <laughs> Perhaps I'd be able to give a more definitive answer if I were familiar with Star Wars. Well, I think, yeah, possibly. Um, but, yeah, I, I look, I I will say, that's you know, issues it could I'm going to have be. with this storyline, but I think at the end of the day, I, I do appreciate that they are revisiting this and that we ultimately will get a conclusion to what happened to his dad. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it. I mean, it could be that maybe, maybe that, maybe that part about, about Davis Sr. laughing about something, I mean, maybe they were, maybe they were sharing a joke. Maybe, <laughs> right, but but, right think- before it happened. Who knows? Because I don't, it doesn't seem like, oh, wait, what were you going to say? No, no, you go ahead. You hadn't finished. Well, I, I was, I, w- I started to say it doesn't seem like Sully knew for sure that it was a bogus call that they were that they had gotten dispatched to. But then I thought, well, no, of course he knew that. But so I, I, I think, I think, just going on that though, like, and one subtle thing which we'll see next week is kind of when he's talking to the guy in prison and through this stuff, we get a few random little flashbacks about how it kind of happened. We see a shot through a sniper's rifle of Davis's dad just kind of like walking through the park with no one next to him. Whereas it's like implied by Sully that they're standing next to each other in the park 
when a shot is heard. So, again, it's a subtle little complaint. Like, I'm really nitpicking here. But as a fan, when they've kind of laid the groundwork in the second episode of this show, it's just... We're gonna. It's just my point that we always seem to get a lot of continuity errors in this show, more so than we probably should. And again, I know it's a different era of TV. People don't binge watch this show. Like people in season six are not going to remember the minute details of season one because it was you know six five years previously. But um, yeah. Anyway, it's I am I at least appreciate that we're getting this set up, and we're going to get some good storylines around this in the next few weeks. That's. That's what I guess I'll, I'll yeah. conclude that with. This is a great scene. Yeah, and the, the whole and the whole thing, you know, Sully kept, you know, Sully keeps saying to Davis in the next few episodes, you know, you know, <clears throat> you know, stay out of it and all that. Like, I, I, I want to say to him, you know, I, I, I always want to say to him, Sully, come on. Did you really think that Davis was just going to let that go after you laid all that on him? Mm. Exactly. Come on. We close this episode out, though, and... Um, I've put here it's sort of a montage because we kind of just start with this sad, slow music. We see Holly and Carlos just sort of laying in bed together. Um, so I've, I've loosely put this as a montage. Six out of seven episodes, we've got a montage here. Um, but after we see sort of Carlos and Holly laying there, we get just like some great stuff here. Two great scenes. And I, yes. I get a little bit teary in these scenes. I'm just going to say it right now. Um, we see... No shame uh, in that. Hospital bed, we've got Bosco laying in the bed. Uh, we've got Rose there just, you know, talking about, uh, you know, things about flowers on Mikey's grave and everything. And Bosco wakes up. He sort of, he's awake. And then Rose realizes that Bosco is awake. He's moving his hand and kind of, you know, just with a mixture of this music and just kind of the way she's all happy and excited, you know, hey, mom, hey, baby, it's, hey, baby, it's mom, it's mom. Like, it's, oh, it's a great scene. So yes. great. Tear up a little bit. But then we end on what I'm going to say potentially could be a top five scene. Um, we have Cruz getting off the bus. We have Yokus waiting for her, uh, standing under an umbrella, and then basically just saying, like, you know, why did you protect me? And Cruz is just like, I don't rat out cops. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I like them or not. I don't rat out cops. Um, and then, you know, obviously they're talking about not being friends. Um, and then, you know, Yokus is basically like, you know, I don't owe you anything. And I do love how Cruz here kind of gets defensive. Like, you want to go? You want to go? I'll have a go, you know? And just, just a great moment. I think between these two, just like this yeah. ultimately I feel is a resolution between these two hating each other's storyline. Cause I, I, from memory, I don't think we really get anything from these two moving forward. Do we? So not um, really. No. Cruz then hails a cab. She drives off. We get a shot of New York. Just, it's just such a short little scene, but I think it's just a perfect resolution between this, you know, season and a bit long hatred between these two. And just so good. I just, this is my point with Cruz. Like, no matter how much she does what she does to get the ends justify the means, does all this sort of stuff, she's so loyal and protective of her job because she's so stance on the, you know, like, I do not rat, rat out cops. Even after the fact that Yoka shot her, can we just point out? And here we are, like a season later, after getting shot by this woman, I will not rat you out. Like, so good. Like, just such a great moment yeah. in Cruise. And, yeah, I'm putting this as a nominee for a top five moment. Just just a great scene. I was sure you'd put the... I was sure you'd put the the part where Bosco wakes up. Look, I think you could almost connect both of them, but I think the, the Bosco... There's, there's a greater Bosco scene around the hospital, which I will put up more over this one. It's a great moment, but... 
Um, oh, I think I, I think I know. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, there's definitely another moment with him from the hospital sort of storyline, which I think is better. Um, so, yeah, just just a great way to end this episode. I think, and this, I think, really, this ending really yeah. elevates this episode. Whereas last week, I sort of was like, "Hey, I think this detracts from the episode." I think this week it it boosts this episode. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. which leads us into uh, what are we going to do with this? Buy it, rent it, or bin it. Well, I can't speak for you, but I'm buying it. You can speak for me because I'm buying it too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you bought three in a row. Good job. Uh, this is my first buy since uh, episode three, but uh, I think it's definitely uh, a buyable episode. And um, as of now, the highest rated episode of this season. I've got this at 71. Uh, so, um We'll say that's out of 120 episodes. I've now rated up to episode 10. So, um, yeah, I uh, think as of right now, the best episode of this season. But next week, we're broken, Darvell. Um, oh, no. Just, uh, we have to fix ourselves, I believe. Uh, episode 8, broken. Uh, another pretty solid, decent episode. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you have much to add on it? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, well, we will be back next week to talk more about that. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels. You know the drill by now. And obviously, we always appreciate any feedback and uh, comments. Anything you want to raise with us, say to us, anything else in between. My name is Ben, and I don't even like you. We're not friends. Oh, I thought we were. My name's Darville, and... Hey, as always, thanks for listening, peeps, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.